So we're talking about media this morning, everything from radio, TV, websites, and, and videos, and anything that might be posted on this site or that site, whether it be a picture or whether it be an article or whether it be something someone has said. You know what it is. We're all right in the midst of it. You name it, and it's out there. How do we live godly in a media-driven world? That's our aim this morning. How do we live godly in a media-driven world? Now, media itself is just a means. It's just an information delivery system. Okay. A lot of information delivery systems. But unless you're somewhere not from here, you know that media has gotten very messy, very messy, especially from the biblical standpoint. Media has gotten very, very messy. Brother Ken was telling me this morning about a show or a movie he's heard about that's coming out called Bros. Bros. And the bros in the movie are going to be homosexual, but then he found out that every cast member in the movie will be also on that side of life. They also will be all lesbian, all homosexuals in the show. So we have to read about these things because we're not going to be involved in these things. Okay. So I wanted to put up here a few of uh, some, a few sites where you can go and you can, you can read and know how to guide yourself, guide your family. Okay. So I was reading on family safe, familysafemedia.com and found out some things. I didn't know. I knew about that people would access porn sites, but I didn't know this. I, I didn't know that 70% of men between ages 18 and 30 visit a porn site every month. Every month, at least once a month, over 70% in our country visit a porn site from ages 18 to 30. That, that You know things are out there, sometimes it just startles you. I didn't know that there was a commercial that advertises a website which encourages marital affairs. I didn't know that. I found that out on familysafemedia.com. We have to read about these things, but we have to read about them because we want to make sure that we're getting the proper information and proper perspective uh, out there. I didn't know that, I guess, I, I have never been a video game person, so that, that puts me at odds with much of the world, but it just came to my attention this week that there are ratings on the video games just like there are ratings on, on shows and movies. Okay. But what Family Safe Media said was that parents rarely check the ratings for video games. They hardly ever check the ratings for video games, and the ratings are out there. Among our young people, one of the most popular shows the last few years has been a thing called Stranger Things. Stranger Things, about season four or five now. That show promotes the LGBTQ 
uh, environment, um, society quite a bit, quite a bit. We're not surprised because most of media is anti the Lord. Most media is anti-Bible. Most media is, pro is projecting, is pushing sexual matters upon us. How can we live godly? How can we live godly in a media-driven world? I'd like to propose a few tests for us uh, this morning. A few tests. First of all, there is the purity test. As we think about media, think about our involvement in media, what we're going to allow in our lives, we've got to look at the purity test. Jesus says in Matthew 5 and verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, Matthew 5 verse 8, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pure means to be clean. It means to be free from contamination. It's interesting, this same word is used when they buried Jesus, Matthew 27, 59. Matthew 27, 59. When Joseph of Arimathea came and took the body of Jesus, it says he put the body in a clean <coughs> linen shroud or a clean, some clean linen cloths. That word clean there is the same word as pure. In Mark chapter 1, 40 to 43, Jesus cleansed some lepers. That's the same word. Jesus told some lepers, be thou clean, be thou clean. And the leprosy completely left their body. This is our word here, pure. Blessed are the pure in heart. You know, we cannot feed upon impure things and be pure. We cannot feed upon dirty things and be clean. We cannot feed upon impure things and remain pure. Jesus Ask us, he commands us to protect our hearts. Paul writes in Philippians 4 and verse 8, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honorable, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Jesus says in Matthew 12 and 34, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the Apostle Paul, once again, let me refer to this, 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5. Paul explains that when we come to Christ in obedience, that Christ is he's supposed to capture our thoughts as well. All of our thoughts are to be submitted to Christ in obedience. The Lord cares about what we think about. The, the purity test. Peter condemned a, a few folks who had eyes full of adultery, 2 Peter 2 and verse 14. Eyes full of adultery. In other words, their minds had somehow or another gotten focused on sexual matters to the point where they could not think or see anything else but that when is their next sexual adventure going to occur. But we must apply the purity test especially as we think about social media, as we think about media, as we think about those things that can influence us. When you think about the purity test, there's an inside life and an outside life, and the two correspond together. The thought within becomes the action without. Okay. Proverbs 23 and verse 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So is he. And the Proverbs writer also says in Proverbs 4 and 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. See, 
So the inner life, you know, we, so sometimes it's, it's a wonder and it's, it's marvelous to think about outer space, but we must think about our inner space. We must think about what's, on, what's going on inside of us and what can influence us. We're influenced from what we see, what we hear, and what we read. We must give careful attention to that. that that's what affects our hearts. It's what affects our, our minds. What we see, what we hear, what we read is constantly coming into us. And Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart. Here's an important idea before we leave this, this thought. In Ephesians 5, 27... The Bible explains to us that Jesus died for the church, and he died for the church so the church could be holy and without blemish, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Read that there in Ephesians 5, 27. Why did Jesus die? He didn't die for us to feed on all of this trash. He died so that we would be holy, without spot, without blemish, without wrinkle, or any such thing. Not only the purity test, but also the hate test, the hatred test. You see, Romans 12, verse 9 says, we ought to abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Abhor the evil and cleave the good. Add to that, if you will, Proverbs 8 and 13. The Bible says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, is to hate evil. You see, this pretty much takes care of our decisions. Our decisions can be straightforward, okay? No bouncing around, no beating around the bush. Our, our decisions can be straightforward if we have this hatred of sin just like the Lord has. And by the way, it is just like the Lord. Check your Bibles in Hebrews 1 and verse 9. It, that whole chapter of Hebrews 1 is giving great credibility to Jesus as being our King of kings. I mean, he has the scepter of righteousness. Okay. He is greater than the angels. He's greater than our servant uh, Moses. But notice in Hebrews 1 verse 9, it says, The Lord loves righteousness and he hates iniquity. You want to be like the Lord? We all do. We've got to love righteousness and hate iniquity. This pretty much takes care of all the decisions. You know, this also could be called, this, this hatred test could be called the holiness test because the reason the Lord hates iniquity is because, as we were just singing a moment ago, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Okay. It's just natural to hate evil if you're holy. And the more we appreciate the Lord, and the more the Lord is influencing us, then the more we're going to hate evil. All of our media decisions can be made pretty quickly and soundly if we will develop this hatred of evil. You ever wonder, I wonder when I was little, why mom got so upset about just a, a little bit of mud coming into her house. I mean... Why get that upset? It's because she was so committed to her house being clean. So just a little would upset her. And so it is with holiness. Holiness. The more we grow in holiness, the more we appreciate the Lord's holiness, then the more we want to apply this hatred 
uh, test. And then there's also the eye test. The eye test. This is important. As I said, our mind gets influenced by what we see, by what we hear, by what we read. The eye test. The eye test. Here's a passage you'll want to look at. Psalm 101, verse 3. Psalm 101, verse 3. Can we all make this commitment? Psalm 101 and verse 3. The King James Version, I believe, says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I think the English Standard Version has the word worthless. Psalm 101, verse 3, I will, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Notice the commitment there. I will set no worthless thing. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. That doesn't say that I will never see that. But I'm not going to have a part in it. I'm not going to set it. You can't walk through life without being exposed to this or that. But the commitment is, I will not be part of setting a wicked thing, a worthless thing before my eyes. Job made a covenant, Job 31 verse 1. Job 31 verse 1. Job made a, an agreement with himself. He said, he said, I have made a covenant with my eyes that I will not look upon a virgin. That's what he says. We've got to make an agreement with ourselves in our eyes, and we've got to keep our word to that. David should have done that, right? David should have done it. 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 4, how can you get any plainer? He's walking in the springtime, Bathsheba's on another top of another building, and she's taking a bath, and he began to look that way, and before long, he was inquiring about her, and before long, she was in his place in his bed. <laughs> And she was the wife of another man, and it shouldn't have been done. He did wrong. He should have made a covenant with his eyes as well. There's the eye test. And then there's also the time test. When it comes to media, if we're going to live godly in this media-driven world, there's the time test. The time test. Now this really threw me too. When you start trying to find, well, how much time are people spending on social media? Wow. I mean, wow. I'm just, I'm still just a green corn cob from Walker County. I had no idea. I had no idea. But at the end of the year, it comes up to being around three months total. The average American today, by the end of the year, they have spent a total of three months in some way or another on media. Some, some suggested that some folks are spending up to eight and a half hours a day some way or another on media. What? How can that be? The time test. The time test. The big question is... What are you not doing during this time? What are you not doing during this time? What is it you could be doing while you're doing that? Well, we need a lot of prayer. We could be praying. Could be praying. 
I hear about people staying up late, late into the night, the wee hours of the morning, on social media. You know what Jesus did all night long? Luke 6, verse 12, he prayed all night long. If you can't sleep, why don't you pray? could be praying. We need lots of prayer. Lots of prayer. Of course, we could be reading our Bibles. We could be writing cards and sending cards. We could, we could make phone calls and texts to, to encourage someone else. We could find some wholesome entertainment uh, that would actually uh, reinforce the moral lessons we need to be learning. We could sleep. We could sleep. The Lord created us to sleep. We could be asleep and find out how much better our days will go. The time test. Ephesians 5 verse 16 says, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5 16. Redeem the time. Make the most of your time. Buy, buy up the time. Make the most of your time. Why? We need you. The Lord needs you. The days are evil. This is a wicked world. The social media tells us this. Okay. The devil is going to use any means possible. The devil has jumped right on all of this advanced technology, hasn't he? He jumped right to it because he will use any and every tool possible to destroy us. It ought to make us mad. Because he's using these tools to try to get to your little one. To your little one. He wants your little one. Okay. It ought to make us righteously angry is what it ought to make us. Psalm 90 verse 10 and 10, 11, and 12 says, the prayer is, Lord, teach me to number my days so that I may apply my heart to wisdom. Teach us to number our days so we can apply our heart to wisdom. There's the time test. And then there's also what I call the wall test. The wall test. As we follow the Lord, we, we naturally build up walls against that which is evil. Okay. And we ought to. We ought to build up walls in our lives against that which is evil. But guess what Satan wants to do? He wants to tear those walls down if he has to a little at a time. And he uses entertainment to do that. Okay. First of all, it's entertainment. Okay. And our walls automatically, for some reason, come down. We say, well, this is not work. This is not class. This is not church. I'm going to relax. And then the devil gets to work. The devil never relaxes. And he's waiting on us to relax. And that's where he goes to work. The wall test. Okay. But the entertainment itself is very malicious. Because the entertainment will hook us in one direction. And cause us to forget the other, the other direction. In other words, the, the plot twist and the mystery and the intrigue of a show will get us to thinking and we're willing then to stomach the sexual acts and the vulgarity that might be in there as well. We'll stomach that because the plot twist and the mystery and, and so forth is so intriguing, you see. That's the devil. He is taking down our walls that we should have been building, we have been building. Okay. And then before long we're rooting we're cheering on the characters. We're, we're rooting for the thief not to get caught. We're, 
We're rooting for that couple that should not be together biblically. We're rooting for them to get together, you see. See what the devil's doing? He's, he's tearing down these walls. And the entertainment industry knows exactly what they're doing. And they will hit us when we are the weakest. I was informed, I didn't know, but I, I remember the song. I remember the movie Frozen. I remember the hit song Let It Go. I didn't know this until I was reading Family Safe Media, but some of the lyrics in the song Let It Go go something like this. I'm ready to break free. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. That's in the song. I'm ready to break free. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm ready to break free. How many young people did you, did you hear back in a few years ago walking around singing that song by heart? Let it go, let it go. You see, the devil wants to take down these walls that should be built against wickedness. And then there's also the endorsement test. The endorsement test. So I was driving through Decatur and, and uh, you know, you got to be careful. People are always watching you. Okay. So uh, I was driving through and I, was, I saw these young ladies and they were up ahead and, and I said, they're going to come to my window. And I got to stop and they're going to come to my window. Little did I know that Kelly James was was not far behind me, and she was observing uh, me as well. And she was thinking the same thing, they're going to come to my window. So they came to my car window, and I rolled down my window, and there's little young girls, probably 11, 12 years old, bless their hearts, you know, they don't know any better. So I rolled down my window, she said, we're raising money for our dance team. We're raising money for our dance team. And she held up her bucket. I said, I won't be giving you money to a dance team. And she just smiled, and I smiled, rolled up the window and went on. But I thought, how sad. Who is it that's pushing that young girl out here to dance in front of other people to elicit the very thoughts that the Lord would never have someone to think? And that little girl is about to be involved in that process. And she's asking me to endorse that? I don't think so. Do you believe that the Lord is involved? Do you think the Lord sees everything right now? He does. Proverbs 15.3 He sees what we're doing. He sees what we're endorsing. He sees what we're giving a thumbs up to. He sees our smiley faces. Okay. He sees what we endorse. And as Christians, there are a lot of things that we should not be endorsing. Never, never, and never should we be endorsing a lot of the things in social media, in life itself. There's an endorsement test. Romans 1, 31 and 32 plainly declares that there's a whole list of sins that's wrong, but Paul also goes on to say it's wrong to give approval to these things. Romans 1, 32. It's just as wrong to give approval to things as it is to do the very things that are being done, you see. A lot of people love to watch and to be involved in shows, live streaming, whatever, TV, cable TV, whatever it is. In other words, they love to watch other people sin. They would themselves will tell themselves, I will never do that, but I sure enjoy watching others do it. See, that comes from our old 
days of gossip because we would never ourselves be involved in something evil, but we love it when other people do it so we can go and get on the telephone and talk about it. See, And social media just eats that up. Whether you're still into gossiping or whether you just love to watch people sin, social media will eat that up from one side to the other. But we need to stop and consider what some call the second-hand test or the second-hand approval. Second-hand sin. Second-hand sin is when you might not do the very act, but you give approval to it. And then there is the home test. You know, in the home, the buck stops with the parents. The dad especially. He must declare, we will not be viewing the world through Hollywood. We will not be viewing the world in this house. We will not be viewing the world through Hollywood shaded glasses. Rather, our view of the world will be from God and His Word through the Bible. Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. That will be our view of the world. Okay, that needs to be stated and shown again and again and again. And parents, we must be consistent. Okay? If we're going to set rules, which we absolutely should set rules about social media, if we're going to set rules, we better first be holy, holy, holy ourselves. We need to let the world know our viewpoint of life, and it starts in the home. God never commanded that we be entertained. God never commanded that we be entertained. It would be good for Dad to say that in the home too. Okay. Dad needs to become a, just, a, just a, a beating drum. Okay. Dad, you need to repeat yourself. They'll think you're crazy. That's okay. Just, they'll, they'll never forget it. God never commanded that we be entertained. Did you know that you could go from now until the trumpet sounds... Right, right. First Thessalonians 4.16, on that last day, the trump shall sound. You could, go, you could go from now to the trump sound and never watch another show or another ball game, and you can still be pleasing to God. That shocks, that shocks people to hear. But you can actually go to heaven without being entertained by media again ever in your life. Dad, you need to be saying that all the time. That's the truth. God never commanded that we be entertained or that we entertain somebody else. Now, showing hospitality to somebody who has some real needs, that's one thing, but entertainment is another. The home test. Parents must be in total control and seek to eliminate as much media as possible. How's that sound? Parents need to be in total control and seek to eliminate as much as they can. The idea that a young man can take a smartphone that has every capability possible and go into his own bedroom is atrocious. Okay. Why put that in his hands? Why put that in her hands? 
They must be in total control. Get control of it if you want to be pure in heart. And then there is the church test. The church test. It's a good thing to ask. How will this reflect upon my church membership if I post this? Did you know there are some who have even posted something that speaks critically of the church? Did you know that? Has that happened? That's, that's really far-fetched and, and uh, wicked for sure. But we ought to use the church test and say, well, how, how does this affect my example as I'm trying to be an example for Jesus? How does this affect me as a soul winner? How does, how does this affect me? How does this reflect upon the church? If I post this or if this is part of my history, and how does this reflect upon the church? And mainly, what does God think about it? That takes care of it, doesn't it? What, if the Lord is standing right here next to you, what would God uh, think about it? And then there's the values test. And this is our last test. But it really comes down to loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Who are we? What am I? Who am I? Who am I? Am I that person, Luke 14, who is willing to renounce all that he has, give, give anything up he needs to give up? Am I that person? Who am I? Who am I? So, in the living room, a dad had decided to put this sign next to the TV. And here's the quotation. How dare we be entertained by the things that sent Jesus to the cross? And he left that quote by that TV all the years that his children were at home. How very appropriate. How dare we be entertained by the things, the very things that sent Jesus to the cross. As we said earlier, Jesus died for us so that we can be holy without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle, or any such thing. Bring Christ your broken life. I tell you what, a lot of lives are broken right now because of media, the influence of those outside of our lives. Let us recommit ourselves to the Lord who created all of us. Will you come right now as we stand together, as we sing?